0: Let's use our imagination for a moment. We are slowly descending deep below the ocean in our submarine to a depth of 36,000 feet, somewhere in the Pacific Ocean far off the shore of Guam. As we go deeper and deeper into the water, we realize that we are about to hit the deepest point of the entire ocean, somewhere very few humans have ever witnessed or traveled to. We call it the Mariana Trench. This almost 1,500-mile stretch of water looks like a crescent-shaped scar which has been cut into the ocean. Even deeper, we go under the sea, and the water is becoming pitch black, for sunlight cannot reach the depths we are entering. The temperature is becoming cold, nearly freezing in fact, a mere degree or two away from being ice, And the pressure around us is becoming very uncomfortable, as it reaches over 15,000 pounds per square inch. After hours of being lowered into the ocean, nearly 7 miles below the surface, our submarine finally hits the bottom of the ocean floor. What will we find down in one of the most mysterious places on the entire planet? Today we are exploring the sounds, sights, and music of the ocean in two chapters. Chapter one will focus on the geology of the deepest parts of the ocean and try to uncover some of the secrets that lie below the water. And in chapter two, we will look at and listen to some of the most majestic animals that roam through the sea. We will even speak with a special guest today with a vast knowledge of ocean sea life. So put on your flippers, get your best wetsuit on, and prepare for a very wet episode of Music of the Universe. Chapter 1. The Deepest of the Deep. As I said in the introduction of the podcast, the Mariana Trench is the deepest part of the ocean that humans know of and have traveled to. And the very deepest point is called Challenger Deep. This part of the ocean is so deep that if you took the world's largest mountain, Mount Everest, and splashed it down into the Challenger Deep, it wouldn't even touch the bottom. It'd be short a good mile. So, the Mariana Trench isn't necessarily a place you can travel to on a family vacation, or on a quick weekend getaway. In fact, only four people have ever been to the bottom of the Mariana Trench. And just to give you a little perspective, a total of 12 humans have walked on the moon. The first two people who ever reached the bottom of the ocean were Navy Lieutenant Don Walsh, a submariner, and Jacques Picard, an explorer, in 1960. So let me paint a picture for you.
1: From off the island of Guam,
0: the Navy's research bathyscaphe Trieste, surfaces after a descent into the Marianas Trench, the deepest known hole in the Earth's oceans. A trip farther toward the center of the earth? that Mount Everest rises above its cross. The more than seven-mile plunge took the Trieste into a realm where the pressure on its hull was over nine tons per square inch. world as strange and as hostile as any to be found on other planets. The mission recorded in these Defense Department films is as great a feat and as important a scientific breakthrough as will be the first trip of man to the moon. It was early morning on the 23rd of January. The sea was choppy and the sky was cloudy, As Walsh and Picard entered their submarine, the Bathyscaphe Trieste, to go where no person had ever gone. It took five long hours for the submarine to descend into the depths of the ocean, and with every foot the vessel traveled, the pressure surrounding it increased a frightening amount. At one point during their journey, around 30,000 feet under the sea, Walsh recalls hearing and feeling a loud bang. It was later revealed that a window in the entrance of the submarine had cracked, and luckily not broken through all the way. As the Triste dove deeper and deeper, the ocean became pitch black, and Walsh and Picard could only rely on their instruments to know where they were. Occasionally, they would pass through hundreds of bioluminescent creatures that would slightly light up the dark waters. And after five long hours, they finally felt their vehicle touch the bottom of the Mariana Trench in Challenger Deep. Walsh recalls, it was like looking into a bowl of milk. Even with lights, the water was murky at best, with a fine silt shrouding the submarine. Walsh and Picard's exploration was very short-lived and only 20 minutes later they were to leave the ocean floor to return to the surface. Two other expeditions have reached the ocean floor, one in 2009 by James Cameron. You might remember him as the director of films like The Titanic and Avatar. The other expedition took place in 2019 by Viktor Voskov. His four-hour visit at the bottom of the ocean found chemical outcroppings, prawn-like animals, sea cucumbers, and even a man-made plastic bag. Imagine that. Somebody's garbage, somebody's litter somehow made it to the bottom of the ocean. So we talked a little bit about what people have seen, or not seen, at the bottom of the Mariana Trench. But what about the sounds that emanate from the deep? If you took a microphone and dropped it into the deepest part of the ocean, what do you think you'd hear? Would it be noisy and loud, or quiet and calm? Well, scientists at NOAA, also known as the National Oceanic and Atmospheric Administration, and researchers at Oregon State University, did just this. They lowered a special microphone, called a hydrophone, into the Mariana Trench. And this is what they heard. These are the songs of multiple whales in the ocean. This is the sound of a propeller from a boat. And this is a magnitude 5 earthquake. No matter the difficulty, humans keep striving to reach the most difficult places on Earth. It takes people like Viktor Voskov to be brave enough to venture into the deep unknown. As humans keep exploring the ocean, I wonder what new creatures, and what new sounds, we'll discover. Chapter 2. Whale Song Alright, hello? Hey, good morning. Good morning. I got to speak today with somebody very knowledgeable about the
1: ocean. My name is Stephen Morris i uh i'm a student right now for uh computer science um i was a former medic in the army but like not anymore
0: all right so i'm guessing you traveled around a lot
1: yeah 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 yeah. so let's see uh tennessee then oklahoma then texas hawaii then georgia then north carolina Wow, okay, that's a lot of places. Um tell me about Hawaii. I lived in Hawaii before. I was stationed there for about 6 or 7 years. Um give or take. My dad was stationed there twice. So as far as uh, being well acquainted with uh the ocean like that was never really an issue. It was an issue for my parents because uh they're very uh scared because I was like a kid at the time, so like I was just like running into the ocean whatever. Um but I've always been super fascinated by it and uh, learned everything I possibly could.
0: So with so many animals in the ocean, I'm
1: guessing you have uh, one that's your favorite? Uh, the orca is probably my favorite animal, period. Uh, and that's not a fact of uh, you asking me a question about it or uh, it being relevant to this episode, but no, it's it's like the truth. Um, a lot of people think like, oh man, wolves are cool or, or bears or tigers or whatever. And I'm like, yeah, but... I think we all know if they were in the ocean, who would win. So why do you have such an interest in the orca? So orcas... um, Oh man, this is... uh, So when it comes to um, whales, whales are... uh, And this is something that took me a really long time to understand the difference between uh, whales and fish. So whales, they started out in the ocean then they evolved to be land uh, animals, and then they went back to the ocean because apparently the land wasn't good. So um, when they went back, a lot of those traits and physical characteristics that they had on land, they carried with them to the ocean. So you see whales, their tails are horizontal. They go up and down, Um, whereas fish go side to side because they've always been in the ocean. So they never developed a spinal cord that was straight down their back, the way that ours is. Um, They are one of the few animals that are able to replicate an entire uh, different species of animal. So um, you have whales, and then you have the subset, which is uh, dolphins. Um, Orcas fall underneath that category. But um, orcas can mimic dolphins. And uh, what they're able to do is trick young and even some adult dolphins into believing that the orca is part of their pod and then they'll just eat them alive. It's crazy. And I think a lot of people are like, oh, orcas are so cute. And it's like, yeah, that's because we don't have to deal with them.
0: I really didn't know they were that vicious.
1: Yeah, so... There's, there's, uh, yeah, it's fascinating. Like they have the nickname, like, um, wolves of the sea or ocean. And it's, yeah, that, that's basically because they travel in like these huge six, it's between six and 30. Even great whites, if they see an orca, will, uh, quite literally just turn tail and leave. Do you have any
0: examples of that?
1: There was a great white that they had tagged in Southern California. And this dude was, I think, um, uh, 15 to 18 feet. And uh, there was a pod that was just swimming, swimming through, and it dove to 500 meters and then swam to
0: Hawaii. So this mighty shark swam thousands of miles just to get away from a bunch
1: of whales. (laughs) Yeah, right? (laughs) Like, that's crazy. And um, it it really is is that crazy. And, like, the things they do sound-wise, you know, coming back around— is also remarkable. Of course, there are the things they do with their voices, but they can also echo locate. Echo location, that's, that's pretty much like what we have on our submarines, right?
0: Kind of like sonar. Right, right, exactly. So, with sonar from a submarine, it would emit a signal or pulse into the water, and if something was in the way, then that sound would bounce off the object and return an echo.
1: It works a little differently when it comes to, um, you know, biological sonar, as it were, um, where as opposed to, you know, the, uh, the sonar that we have. It's slightly different just the way the, the echo works and how it reverberates within the skull of the animal. But other than that, yeah, it's, it's the same exact concept, yeah. And so what do they use the echolocation for? So we're talking um, orcas or, or dolphins in general. So, um, so dolphins in particular have something called... Um, <laughs> I love the names that scientists give things, and it will never not make me giggle like a child. Uh, they have, like, in their foreheads, they have something called the melon, which is what the sound um, permeates through. So they, just behind this, um, if you think, like, uh, if you picture, like, a dolphin in your head, they have their forehead. On top of their forehead, you have the, the two um, breathe. you have the breathing hole, which is the two slits. And then right there, you have, like, a nasal passage that goes down. So when they make this sound... Uh, it goes up through that and then is pushed through that melon outwards. So they the sound waves that they make push out and then, uh, come back and they can tell distance, um, direction, speed, um, and size of whatever they're looking for. Um, so it can be used for, uh, locating, uh, you know, family members, uh, members, what have you, um, to also determining um, whether or not uh, what they're actually looking for is actually that if it's a little farther off. Because the beauty of using echolocation in the water as opposed to using it in the air is that water is uh, able to transmit sound four times faster than in air because of the density of the particles. So you can use echolocation for miles Uh, to, to track something down if you need to, and that is exactly what ends up happening.
0: The ocean holds some amazing creatures that have developed a way to survive through sound, like echolocation. It's interesting to see that humans have developed their own technology that matches what nature does. With the ocean being so vast and much of it unexplored, I wonder what the future holds in the deepest depths of the
1: sea. A huge thank you to my guest, Stephen Morris. You know, we can make like yawns or people sing and like you also flex and contract your vocal cords. Like, think of, um, think of like a trumpet, like that's, that's more along the lines of what would happen with larger whales, whereas smaller whales are more like probably like a flute or like a, I wanted to say piccolo, but I'm, I'm pretty sure that that is a Dragon Ball Z character.
0: He has his own weekly podcast called Persuade You, where he tries to convince you to check something out that he's recommending. This past week, he had an episode about the Magic School Bus. You can find him at Persuade You on Twitter or Persuade Pod on Instagram and Facebook. Also, a special thanks to Blue Dot Sessions for their music Balty, Dolly Pop, and Louvre, and to Kevin McLeod for his music The Descent, Sneaky Adventure, Oppressive Gloom, and Aquarium. I hope you enjoyed the podcast this week, and once the beaches open up, I hope everybody gets a chance to visit the ocean. This has been Music of the Universe.